moving your career further faster. That's the mission behind Cascading Leadership. Each week, we're bringing you stories of women, immigrants, members of the global majority who have risen to the ranks of senior leadership in the world of business. Get ready to gather the insights of some of the world's best business leaders and apply those to your career. If you're interested in sales and marketing effectiveness, organizational effectiveness, talent strategy, DEI, or HR tech, tune in. We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Previously on Cascading Leadership. You knew you wanted to go this direction and you're in this spot now, but between where you are now and where you started from, there was a lot of grinding effort that took place. What was the big thing? And I know that we jumped back and forth, but what was the big thing about IT that that captured your interest? So I was working for a company where I was doing some accounting work for them. It was a technology company. They did technology consulting at the time, back in the days when you do the custom built PCs, we built PCs for consumers and businesses as well. I had some people take me under their wing and hey, we need some help in the help desk space. And we thought maybe we give it a shot. We'll start out, we'll teach you some of these things. And I was like, yeah, I'm fully on board with that. And I was learning a lot already from around the technology space, just working for the company. And it just, it just hit. It was like a light bulb went off in me. Like it made sense. I understood it. I liked it. I wanted to learn more. I loved the ability to be able to troubleshoot and dig into problems and try to figure out how to solve complex issues. We didn't have Google that we could just quickly look up the solution to things. We actually had to put the effort in to troubleshoot things. That way, I loved it. I loved it and I loved being able to like, hey, I solved this problem that somebody else couldn't and helped someone with their issue. Like for me, I got so much job satisfaction out of that and that, really changed my my path because I was here, I was thinking accounting was my path and was taking some accounting classes. I immediately started taking IT classes as best I could to provide a good foundation for moving into the next role that I took from there, which was I went from doing some IT work there to a full T role. And now the conclusion of our conversation with Michelle Olson of Molson Coors. I know that LB is going to have some follow-ups in here, but I can't for the life of me picture you in the accounting function. I think you would pull your hair out. No, not for me at all, because I don't know. I'm very much a people person, which is also odd for working in IT as well. But I think that when you look at it from a leadership perspective and managing people, it's a good balance. I have both that technical background and then those people skills as well. Michelle, Jim's right. I have my soapbox that I'll jump on right now. But one of one of the had essentially when I listen to your story, and again, this is kind of the recurring theme. And so one of the one of the things we talk about is how there's this uh, this thread of humanity that rings true with everyone that we talk to. And what I heard was that when you talk about maybe sometimes not getting the support that you needed, you still persevered, you still pushed forward. The other thing that you mentioned is that as a parent, you now reciprocate the exact opposite in terms of support. So what happens is that a lot, oftentimes what you did was you defied those disempowering beliefs or those limiting beliefs and said that when you had the opportunity that you would do it in a different way. But what really 
caught my curiosity was you talking about your intellectual curiosity, which has also been a recurring theme that when we are having these conversations, we're wanting people to hear what are those elements that can really help your career. So when you like when you talk about the light going off, that was your you had someone that said, hey, I we need help. And they thought that possibly you'd have the opportunity to come over and assist. Right. But it was really your natural curiosity that took you down the path of being able to move forward. Huge. You have to have a passion for what you're doing and you have to have that desire to want to learn more and like digging into it deeper and figuring out what makes you get that job satisfaction. What, what, where do you have that enthusiasm? What excites you? And that really did for me. It was something I had never considered and wow, I found something that I like. And I wasn't sure that I was going to because I wasn't, I was not liking working in accounting. It was a job for me where the IT side of things, I just felt like I was thriving because I was learning so much. And it just, that coupled with being able to help people that I have that compassion piece that I have that desire to help people. And, and that probably goes back to why I was thinking nursing originally when I was younger. But this kind of gives me a different aspect of that. But I still am able to help people. As you think about the idea of being an individual contributor in IT, how did you transition over to a leadership role? Yeah, I actually had I had somebody recognize that those leadership qualities in me. I was working for a company. It was a few like two IT jobs in. And he was a partner at a software company and he was doing some consulting work at the company that I was working at. And he recognized those leadership qualities in me and we developed a good friendship and they were a growing company. So he actually reached out to me and said, Hey, we've got the need for somebody to come in and start up our support organization. You've got all this experience now on the support side of things. And I see these leadership capabilities in you. And we would love for you to come and talk to us and, you know, about this role that we have and building out this whole team. And he, they took a chance on me. And that, that was my first role that I was the first person, but then I was building a team there and really loved it. But then I also still missed the hands-on work, right? So I spent some time a little back and forth between roles that were hands-on roles versus more in the supervisory management type roles, like first-line manager roles, until I really, I built a really good, solid technical background, which for me was extremely important because I've had managers over the years in IT that they're making decisions about things that they don't really understand. Mm -hmm. So for me... That was some motivation to look, I have the background I can bring to a leadership role and I can make sound decisions because I understand things from a technology perspective. I'm not just a people manager. Yeah. The other thing that you called out is that at least what I heard was that in going back and forth between an individual contributor and a leader, oftentimes when I'm talking to people or coaching clients, I talk about your career, not looking at it as a ladder, but looking at it as a lattice, right? So you go up a couple, mm -hmm. you go across, right? Go up a couple, you go across and that sort of thing. And I'm happy to hear that the way that you describe it. And it seems as though yours was more intentional, right? Where oftentimes it folks was. are maybe sometimes thrusted into 
not getting the promotion that they want. And so they're regarded as a lateral because they're running away, but you are actually running towards the opportunity. Absolutely. There's a couple of other threads that I want to pull on when you talk about your IT experience and, and especially the technical side of it and the people management side. So I think one of the traps that a lot of technical managers fall into is that when they first achieve the role of line manager, especially if they're technical, their instinct is to drop down to the execution side whenever something starts burning up. Absolutely. So how did you discipline yourself to not fall into that trap when you were early on in your leadership career? And I did. I absolutely did. I will not deny that. That's a real, it's a real struggle, right? Especially when you're making that transition. I think for me, it was really taking a step back and putting the effort into training my direct reports, right? Coaching and mentoring them and seeing them succeed in those tasks and those things. And I think for me, that was where things started to change. That's where, when I started to really get my job satisfaction from that aspect versus, hey, I saved, I saved the day technically and fixed this technical issue. That's when I knew that leadership was really my path and I didn't want to be in an individual contributor role anymore. It's good that you called out that, that you fell into that trap and then figured out how to get out of it. One thing that I'm curious about is when you look at your entire life journey up until that point, what influence did that have on your overall leadership style when you were first in those early leadership positions and you had the opportunity to shape some people around you? I think that not having that support and encouragement growing up, really, I flipped my emphasis probably a lot more in that space and the encouraging people and being supportive. And that was received very well for from most of the people that were direct reports from me versus me dictating something to them. You do, this is what you need to do. Treat them as a person, treat them how I wish I would have been treated. And for me, that's been very successful for me. Obviously there's times you can't, it's not about being their friend, but it, it's really treating them as a person and showing them that compassion and having empathy, I think is huge from that standpoint. So what role has that played your perspective in terms of devo- in, in terms of developing high performance teams? I had someone who encouraged me to do more and I take that and I encourage my direct reports and work through those things with them and always make them stop and think about things from a different perspective. And I think that trying to help people to understand looking at things from that through that lens, if you will, has really helped to shape that because they're not just doing the status quo, the bare minimum. What do you want? How do I support you? And showing them that you are there and you are supporting them builds their confidence and helps them to be more successful. It's interesting how all of these things are coming to form in your leadership journey. And we haven't gotten to the spot that you're in right now. You can definitely see the threads of how you grew up and the struggles you went through and how that takes shape in in your leadership style, at least early on. Now, when you look at your role now, how are you building on what you've already done in terms of empowerment, in terms of development, all of those sort of things? What are the things that you care about most and you're focused on most 
as now a senior leader in technology. How does that take shape? So that gives me the ability to really start to look at things bigger picture, look at things more from a strategic lens. And that's, I'm really enjoying that. And I can help, I can vision things from that strategic level all the way down through to my individual contributors and how we can support our business. Being in IT operations, in my space, we're really focused on the delivery of services to our users. So we play a large part in our user experience. And I think having all of that experience over the years helps me to mentor my team to how they can approach different situations, how they might handle something differently. Always take the opportunity to have conversations, retrospective conversations. Okay, here's what happened in this situation. Maybe next time you could take this sort of approach, but like helping to mentor them from that standpoint and really kind of mold how my organization is developing. Michelle, you talked about the the impact to your teams and how they've developed, but more specific to women in tech. I've heard from a little birdie that this might be a passion of yours and drive. Talk a little bit about the whole idea and notion of paying it forward. And what kind of business impact that that results in? Yeah, absolutely. Being a a woman in tech, especially the earlier part of my career, where things were then versus where they are now, night and day difference. We still have a long way to go. I am not discounting that at all. The earlier part of my career, I would get the, oh, are you the department admin? Are you the secretary? Oh, can I talk to someone on the technical group? Yeah, I'm part of that group. I have always been in my area because my background had been end user support and infrastructure. Not a lot of women were in the infrastructure space. So a lot of my roles as an individual contributor, I was the only female. I feel like through that, I always had to work harder to prove that I knew the things that I knew because it wasn't common for women to have those skill sets. I think that you, I had to have very thick skin going through that. And I never let that discourage me because I knew that I could do this job. I've sat in interviews where someone hand me a white marker and say, go draw a network diagram like this on the whiteboard for me. And just drilling me probably more so than they would somebody else just because of, hey, maybe there's a disbelief that how can she know this stuff? Yeah. I think we call that gender bias. So when when you so you know a little bit of a, a background, and I think for those of our listeners that have been with us for some time now, they know that I'm working on my PhD, and my focus is the impediments to women and senior leadership roles, both in the U.S. and across the world. And so one of my favorite books is Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders and What We Can Do About It. And so when you think about those areas of incompetence, quite frankly, this is one of those examples where gender bias really gets in the way. And if you could say a little bit more about what the impact has been for women that you have seen in the workplace or any experiences that you've had and how, from your perspective, we can look at how do we help to talking to two gentlemen who are in in tech? How do you how do we help in solving for that gender bias? It's important that you need to have that diverse perspective, right? And we need more women. We need more people of color. It's important. We come from different backgrounds. We have different perspectives on things. And I think it, it's so absolutely crucial because if you have 
teams of same like-minded, same background, you're not going to be able to provide more value to your company and you're going to continue to do the same thing and likely make the same mistakes. Whereas you bring in different perspectives and that helps in so many different areas, not just IT, but other areas are very impactful as well. Because when you're talking like marketing, for example, you're marketing to different demographics and, but all of those things, I'm in a supportive role for, it's something we need to support across the business. It's interesting when we get into these conversations about diversity, gender bias, you know, oftentimes we'll have organizations that say, oh, we're diverse too. We believe in diversity and look at our website and they'll like wrangle up the two brown people that they have in their organization and put them on there. Look, we're diverse. But I think, I, I think one of the things that's really interesting about what Molson Coors is doing, obviously the women in technology component is important. One of the challenges that has to be bridged when it comes to talking about diversity and actually having it be a real initiative that means something is tying it to business results. The IT organization at Molson Coors and some of the initiatives that you and other senior leaders within the organization have driven from a diversity perspective. What's been the outcome in terms of business results? Because I do know that there has been some significant positive impact just in the last 12 months that leaders like yourselves, uh, yourself have driven. We're educating, we're living it. We are going to great lengths to ensure that we have diverse teams throughout our organization. And even looking at it from an outsider's point of view, we're going to actually gain more consumers because of those practices within our business. We're going to market better, but we're also going to have that reputation that we are an organization that is is truly living and supporting that. I think one of the other things that's worth mentioning, and I read this maybe a month ago or so, and it's for the first time in, in a number of years, there's been profitability growth, revenue growth, there's been market expansion, there's been all of these sort of things. And we're not saying it's because of this, but it, <laughs> yeah, it, we can't say that it's not because when I've been watching Molson Coors and what they've been doing, these are initiatives that started at Mary Beth's level and worked down, and it's having an impact in terms of where the organization is going. The research has shown from Harvard to, to several different consulting firms that it bears out to be true that when you have a more diverse set of teams versus a more homogenous team, that there's higher profitability, higher retention. All of the KPIs that are important for businesses, that they're all are higher in, in that way. As I think about all of the things that we covered and we are on topic of diversity, equity, inclusion, and women, and it doesn't have to be necessarily those elements, but what are some of the key takeaways that you would like to leave with our listeners? Yeah. So I think that people, we need to look at things differently than maybe we have in the past, right? We need to include people from different demographics, different backgrounds, it's so necessary. You need that diverse thought across your teams within your organization. It's crucial. You are not going to be successful if you don't do that. One of the things that I drew from your story, diversity means a lot of different things. So we're talking about age, gender, race, socioeconomic background, all sorts of stuff like that. So all of that's got to get factored in, but there's other elements too, because I think about 
what if somebody had a broader vision about your career when you were moving through the leader's trajectory and said, she doesn't have this piece of paper, she's got the capabilities, so we're gonna give her a shot then instead of just having this arbitrary piece of paper requirement. There's a diversity component there too, because you're talking about education level as a barrier to advancing within a certain field or a number of fields. So that factors in too. So I think there's a broader conversation in terms of how are we defining this in terms of driving business outcomes that needs to be considered. Now, winding that back, you know, when you look at your entire career journey and your life journey, and you factor in those lessons that you've learned and tie it to, okay, if somebody else is in that moment right now, what are the things that you want to tell them? Don't give up, don't be discouraged. You are in charge of your destiny. No matter what anyone says or anyone tells you, there is a way that you can figure out how to be successful in your career. Don't give up. You have to keep fighting and you have to put in the effort. It's not going to be handed to you either. That's important to know you have to work for what, what your career evolves into, but don't let those things discourage you. It's you're in charge. You are in charge. I think that that's a powerful way to, uh, to end the story today. Michelle, we appreciate you being on today. I hope that uh, everyone will have the opportunity to tune in to uh, Cascade Leadership, the show. We also have our expansion underway with uh, social media. We're on Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, and YouTube now. So we're hoping that folks will be able to catch us on one of those uh, channels to be able to hear such an amazing story. And we look forward to hearing from you again. I'm pretty sure that my gut tells me that you'll be back for upcoming episodes. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.